Well, here goes summer. It's going to be hot. And man, things are busy out in the fields. Strawberries going, raspberries starting very soon from what I hear. People talking about walking out into the field and picking handfuls of red berries already. So, you know, time for machine harvest is days away. I don't know. Anybody pick? I guess we're going to find out here. Uh, we'll find out what's going on in the field. Find out what's going on um, on farms all over Whatcom County. This is the Farming Show, by the way. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790. Glad you're here with me on your Saturday morning. Joining me with CH, uh, CHS Northwest. Uh, Got to make sure to get that right. Uh, Clay Pell, an agronomist there. Clay... What's Good. happening? What have you been up to? Yes, yes. Well, we've been uh, busy doing maintenance lately. You're kind of uh, in that in-between time between corn planting and other stuff going on? Correct, correct. So, yeah, I mean, right now, I wouldn't call it downtime, uh, but a lot of maintenance, uh, doing some soil sampling out in the cornfields, um, getting the uh, pre-side dress nitrogen tests, Um doing uh checking raspberries and blueberries uh for any insect issues or disease issues um just making sure that's all all clean and and uh ready for harvest here in a couple weeks so uh let's go back a little bit i mean usually the first thing to well i guess even earlier in the in the spring or even late winter is the uh the raspberry planting that's been a while ago now uh but getting grass in how are grass crops looking how did corn planting season go too because from what i saw things looked really nice this year as far as a lot of advantageous days to get a lot of corn in pretty early Absolutely. Uh, I mean, night and day difference from last year. Uh, we were way, way ahead of schedule. Um, I saw some fields going in the ground um, the first, well, I guess it'd be more the second week of April. Uh, a couple early fields for corn. Um, pretty standard for grass uh, for most cases to get it in middle of April, but uh, pretty early for corn this year. Um, had a Had a pretty moderate winter um never really dropped off too cold a lot of rain um but it seemed to find its way back to the the uh, groundwater and out of town so um it's been pretty progressive we've had minor minor rains um so enough to kind of keep things going but not enough to uh saturate the ground yeah it's been kind of a good pattern uh up until now it looks like it's going to be hot and dry from here i I don't know how how it's going to shake out of course a longer term but we kept getting these rains that kind of gave us at least a little bit of irrigation value maybe not tons but it it while I, I would say things generally are kind of on the dry side, I don't know what your thought is on that. We at least kind of kept, like you said, kept things going with, you know, every week or so getting a, another shot. Yep. Yep. With the exception of this last, last pretty good rain we had, um, you know, there, there's a fair amount of moisture still in the soil now. But uh, prior to that, not a lot of groundwater left. That's why guys were able to get in the fields a lot earlier. Uh, ground was able to be planted a lot earlier, a lot quicker. Um, not a lot of uh, downtime after the rains. There just wasn't enough saturation to keep us out of the fields. Um, so the ground wasn't too sticky. Um, equipment stayed pretty clean doing that. So yeah, we were, we were able to get out there. Um, but now uh, I think we'll be 
be chasing that moisture still. Were, were people able to put in longer day corn because of uh, how early it went? Or how does that tend to go with the, the calculus of what to plant, when to plant, and, you know, what seed you guys have available to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so normally, um, I mean, historically in the county, uh, we try not to shoot for anything longer than a 90, 95-day yeah. varieties. Um, not like these east guys. side guys that can gamble no. with their 110-day <laughs> corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a couple guys in the county who gambled this year. Uh, we'll see how that turns out for them. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, the last probably five, six years, we've, we've done really well getting some 95-day stuff in. And quite honestly, uh, they call it a 95 when you look at actual GDUs on the product. Um, it acts more like a 90 day. So mm. you're, you're getting the benefit of a 95 day corn with, um, that kind of 90 day loophole in there. Yeah. So, so ben- benefit of a 95 day corn, explain that. Why would somebody want to do that? Uh, generally, I mean, you're basically getting taller corn, bigger ears, um, more or less a bigger stock. So equates to greater tonnage, um, more starch, more yield. Overall, how are corn acres doing? Um, I know things have really changed in the last year or two here with what happened with dairy gold and people selling base, uh, their kind of milk quota with a co-op and cows being sold. And for the first time, cows being sold out of the county in large numbers, not just, you know, from one dairy to the, the nexus kind of things used to be. And I've heard that, you know, there's plenty of acres of corn to go around these days. Is that kind of what you're seeing out there? Are people kind of feeling like uh, feed isn't going to be hard to come by? You know, um, with the the grain prices being up, definitely saw a greater amount of corn going in the ground this Mm. year. Some grass coming out uh, to do more corn. Yep. Um, Overall, kind of the last couple of years definitely have seen a prog- uh, digression of yep. acres overall. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, the just families getting out of the business, um, transferring the quotas to the East side, um, definitely seen less and less, I'd say overall dairy ground, to be honest, yep. um, getting replaced with raspberries and blueberries. Uh, but a lot of the dairy guys that are still here, uh, are getting bigger. Yeah. And they're rotating with potatoes too. Um, and I'm seeing that more, you know, that's a lot more prevalent now than maybe it used to be. Um, but overall I'm hearing about quite a bit of ground that's sitting fallow this year too, just because of tough markets, farms, you know, some farms going away, not necessarily as much need for that. Um, have you seen that or heard about people just leaving fields sit this year? Uh, yeah, I've seen a couple fields sitting fallow. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of guys try to utilize it one way or another. Yeah. Um, but quite honestly, you know, we're, we're fighting this water rights issue still. Um, and so some of this ground, you know, it's just not a viable option for, say, berries or potatoes where they've got to have that, that constant access to water. Um, some of the grass, dairy, you know, forage grass, corn, uh, that can sit in, uh, you know, kind of non-irrigated grass would be obviously better to have irrigation corn. You can do <laughs> a lot of guys will, will use the rain anyway, you know, as yeah. their main source of irrigation. Um, but I think that's part of the other thing you're seeing is some of this dairy ground, um, that's not being farmed anymore. 
does not have the water access to it and so it's not uh not first choice when when some of these guys are going out looking to pick up more land that's real life illustration of exactly what we've been talking about here at Whatcom Family Farmers. By the way, Dylan Honkoop here with Whatcom Family Farmers and Safe Family Farming. Clay Pell, agronomist with CHS Northwest, is on the phone with us this morning talking about what's going on in the field. And what you're describing is exactly what we're warning could get worse and worse really quickly if some of this stuff goes forward that the state wants to do um, with water in the Nooksack Basin here. You're describing how when farmers don't have consistent reliable access to water they start moving out of those areas they you know and and potentially farms can be going out of business because of this pressure what happens to that land then when the farm goes out of business some other farm isn't just going to swoop in there and and buy it up because they're going to have the same problem that the last farm did and suddenly that land becomes a big target of development and all these things that we don't want so it's interesting that you mentioned that that is already happening uh, because of of water issues in the county from what you're hearing from producers out there correct yeah yeah it's uh it's tight, and I think if you look look at the western states altogether, um, you know, going back to what we talked about with early spring conditions, um, kind of notoriously every year, you know, you've got too much water in March, and then by mm-hmm. uh, April, May, there's there's not enough water to go around. Um, especially this year, you know, they're talking um, high fire danger, yeah. low low water. You look at places like Lake Powell, who's who's way down um, down there in California, and um, luckily up here we we've got a pretty good snowpack. Yeah. So. I think we don't have to worry as much about that. Um, yeah, from the number as I've been seeing, the stuff I've been seeing, Washington and particularly Western Washington is looking all right uh, for this year, in spite of the you know the dry, much drier conditions uh, farther south and east. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as enough water, is there enough water to irrigate? I'd say so. But you know, you get into a situation where may- maybe the challenge is uh, just being able to get that water on, and or where where do you actually draw it from, and how does that work? And and like we were talking about, of course, the backdrop of these legal issues and and the ongoing. Um, I don't know what to call it. I don't know if I want to call it a battle because I don't think that's really fair, at least not yet. But uh, the struggle over how to, to iron out our, our local water issues just kind of hangs a cloud over a lot of things that are going on in the farming community. Again, Clay Pell with CHS Northwest. He's an agronomist there on the phone with us uh, this morning on the farming show. Um Clay, how how are people feeling? I don't know if you mentioned this. How are they feeling about the, the corn as it came up? Is everything looking pretty good? I know, you know, once we get to this point, you start seeing issues. If you've got, you know, a wireworm problem or different things like that, as the corn uh, really starts to get out of the ground and going for knee high or higher by the Fourth of July. Yeah, uh, you know, I actually, I just had a great conversation with a grower this morning uh, about that. Up until uh, probably two weeks ago, um, I mean, everything went in fine. Everything was emerging fine. Um, but there just was not that uh, great color to anything. Nothing was really growing real fast. I mean, across the board, um, corn was coming up slow, um, fairly inconsistent. Grass was pretty yellow. Um, raspberries, just they were not 
there wasn't a lot of foliage to them. They just yeah. weren't weren't producing yeah. real well. Yeah, I'm not um, seeing a yeah. lot of canopy or not as much canopy as I would usually expect on the you know the raspberry rose out there right now. Most yep. most fields. Yep. Anyway. Yep. And so, like I said this morning, talking to that grower, this this last week has just been you know a 180 degree turn um <clears throat> with uh, that little bit of heat stretch that we got yeah. uh previous to this last inch of rain um going into another stretch of warm weather everything's just turning around um i, I would venture to guess that um we will see quite a bit of the, the acres in the county corn knee high by fourth of july um i mean they're just turning around and and firing right up there's a lot of rows that are are covering up and, and growing a canopy over now yeah um, we're out cultivating and, and I mean, it's, it's opening up the soil, warming things up, getting some extra nutrients in there. Yeah. And so, I mean, that stuff's turning around right away. Yeah. And corn um, will get that jump, uh, w when you come in and cultivate and, and potentially side dress a little bit of extra nutrient for the plant, you'll see that jump after this cultivation, uh, time. Um, and that makes sense. Corn is the most sensitive to its need for heat, right? It's all about the heat units. And it's been, even though we've had, like we talked about, we've had rain off and on, but we've had some pretty decent weather, but it was pretty cool there for a while. I mean, several days of, you know, down in the, you know, low fifties, uh, you know, in what was that May, uh, yep. even. Yep. So we, you know, we try to target for minimum 50 55 degrees soil temperatures consistent soil temperatures before we start planting um and that was one of the things you know we, we have seen some uh, uneven emergence uh even sweet corn is, is a lot more susceptible to that mm. um so some of these guys that put in sweet corn for their their neighbors or for themselves or um some of them that do it for their kids for uh, a, a money money yep. maker yep um, we have seen some, some issues with that due to the cooler temperatures, um, just, you know, inconsistent. They never really dropped below, um, the 50 degree mark that I would say, but corn absolutely loves, um, those higher temperatures and, and where you're saying the growing degree units, um, that, that becomes very crucial between that, uh, I believe it's 50 degree bottom temperature and about an 80 degree upper temperature mm -hmm. where. Um, the longer you get the higher temperature, the more heat units you're getting, um, and the sooner we can, can kind of wrap things up towards the end of the fall. But, um, last year, same thing, you know, it wasn't the smoke cover like we had two years ago. Yeah. Um, but just overall cooler temperatures, I think a lot more humid. So we got some decent yields, but a lot of stuff that still did not, uh, finish off the way it, it should have. Yeah. Reach its potential. Yeah. Again, Clay Pell with us on the farming show this morning. He's an agronomist with CHS Northwest here in Whatcom County. I'm Dylan Honkoop here, your host on the farming show with Whatcom Family Farmers and Save Family Farming. Um, just a, a minute or two left here, Clay. How are uh, the berry growers feeling going in, particularly raspberry season, since that's the closest here? How, how, what are they talking about? How are they feeling about the, the crop coming up? Yeah, for the year, um, I think it's going to be a fair, fairly decent crop for the year. Um, you know, again, things, things started off really slow. Um, last year, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of our, uh, products for crop protection were going on about two weeks early just because yep. things kind of warmed up, but it was really wet this year. Um, not so wet, not so warm. Yeah. Um, uh, 
so really it, things took off pretty slow. Um, not a lot of, a lot of growth, the laterals, um, were slow to come on. The buds were slow to come on and just not a lot of time to push, push the nutrients. Um, so for, for what we're looking at, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a, a fairly, um, moderate or decent crop for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, starting to see a lot of, a lot of red fruit out there. Um, blueberries starting to see quite a bit of, uh, coloring up out on mm. the blues. Wow. Um, you know, so I think, I think the, we're looking at probably the first, uh, first to 4th of July, um, for raspberries anyway. And, um, the last I heard potentially good money for, uh, processed and IQF, um, and, and should be really decent price for juice as well. And I, I sure hope so. And it makes you nervous when you're a grower or a processor in that situation because you really don't fully know where that price and things are going to settle, what the market's going to be at, usually until you're into the season. Um, so people kind of are, are typically on edge at least until maybe the middle of harvest or more when, when numbers tend to settle out. We can always hope that uh, prices uh, solidify a little bit earlier so people can make the right decisions, know where to send their product, know what to do with it. So it'll be interesting to see um, also what you're talking about there with with um, the plants, maybe not having the laterals out as far, not having as big of a canopy on the raspberry uh, fields. I, I know I was talking with my uncle uh, about it. Uh, and as we saw in the forecast, this heat coming up, he was a little worried because he's like, I don't have as much leaf cover, you know, and that can cause a problem if, you know, you're trying to size up fruit or even if you do have ripe fruit on there, more sunburn, more, you know, stress on the plant, things like that. But I know at the same time, sometimes less of a canopy can allow the plant to put more into the fruit. Uh, so it can be deceiving uh, when you look at, at a field as you come into harvest, how things are going to go. So, of course, hoping for the best. Clay Pell um, with CHS Northwest. Thanks for checking in um, this morning here on the program, filling us in on what's going on, and, and thanks for the good work that you do out there keeping, uh, keeping farmers going. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.